How's everybody doing? Good. So, who remembers what the name of our series is? Sorry, I don't have candy. Not this time. Then you won't answer. Ah, oh, done that to myself, I guess. There it is. Strong and courageous. Let's give it up for Erica. Man, you guys are jealous, aren't you? You didn't think of that. Be strong and courageous. Yes, strong and courageous. Who remembers where that comes out of? I know, I know Joshua knows. There was a subtle hint I just gave you. The book of Joshua. There it is. So this is going back a ways, but three weeks ago we started it. Who remembers the focus of it? Anybody? God has called you what? Strong and courageous. Yes. Pretty simple, right? It was basically the, the layout of the whole series. And then the week after that, who remembers what we talked about? The specific story, one of the disciples, that... The guy that walked out on the water. Erica is killing it, you guys. It's not Paul. Yep, it was Peter. John, thank you very much for helping her out. <laughs> Ellie, say it. <laughs> Be strong and courageous, Ellie. Come on. Mm. More water. It's good. That's right. In order to be strong and courageous, you have to do something strong and courageous, right? If I gave myself a pep talk in the bathroom, staring at the mirror, you're strong, you're courageous, you can do this, you can tackle this day, that test has nothing on you, you're going to crush it, COVID's got nothing on you. I mean, if I just gave myself a pep talk in the bathroom, it'd be kind of weird, you're thinking about me shouting at myself in the mirror, right? (laughs) and I never left the bathroom, would I be very strong and courageous? Oh, you guys would call me a coward, right? Yeah, you'd think I'm a little weird, too, to just stay in a bathroom all day. Hey, if you're fasting, it'll work, right? Just drink from under the sink, not the toilet. Okay. <laughs> but if I never stepped out and did something strong and courageous, me shouting at myself, you're strong and courageous, is is meaningless, right? It does nothing. It would do nothing for me. And John shared last week, everyone wave at John in the booth up there. (laughs) Who remembers what he preached on last week? Yeah, I'm going to say wrong. (laughs) Sorry. Mm, that was more the week before. That was with Peter stepping out of the boat, going into the storm. Being in the was the start of it, though. And he shared, what did John preach on last week? And he shared on, that's right, Cyrus is right, being in the Spirit, right, John? That's right. And he shared out of the book of Revelation from John, J-O-H-N, not J-O-N, Jonathan, which is what his name is, about being in the Spirit, bringing God's presence with us and being in that presence wherever you go. It makes you strong and courageous, I would argue. Right, John? Exactly. 
So this week, what do you guys think we're going to talk about? Still in the series. You're like, being strong and courageous. That's right. <laughs> you might be thinking, how is there more in the Bible on strong and courageous? There's quite a bit more. Caitlin actually brought this idea up to me. And the other idea that I originally had, I'll be pushing back a couple weeks to probably finish off the series. Um, hopefully, Caitlin's going to be preaching next week, right, Caitlin? Yes, as long as someone can watch children. Um, so this week, I'm going to dig into Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll start with verse 10, John, okay? New Living Translation. And this is what this week is going to be all about. So pull it up when you're ready there, John. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. It says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm weak. So I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. And before this, Paul had laid out a long list of things that he had endured for the sake of Christ. He was shipwrecked twice. He'd been beaten more times than he can count. I sometimes question whether his counting abilities were shortened because he was beaten so many times. <laughs> but he was given 39 lashes several times. No, not 39 eyelashes, ladies. <laughs> he was beaten with a whip 39 times, which they believed 39 times was the ultimate moment that you could endure to before you die. If you hit 40, you're dead. So they would stop at 39. I don't know why they thought that. Who knows? But they believed 39 was the, the last lash that you could hit somebody with before they pass out and die. So, again, it goes on. And in troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, I am strong. Be strong and courageous. So what do you guys think we're talking about? When I am weak, I am strong. Your mindset. What's that? Weakness. Ellie. Give her a hand, everybody. She had more strength and courage than all of you that didn't answer. That's right. <laughs> Abby answered. She has more strength and courage than all of you. Maybe you'll answer the next one. For when I am weak, I am what? Strong. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm weak, so I'm strong. When I am weak, I am strong. Does that make any sense? Wouldn't when I'm weak mean that I'm weak, right? You guys read that scripture and you go, what is he talking about? What does that mean? You're weak, you're strong? That doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't being weak make you weak, right? By the world's standards, it would, right? By just simple logic, it would. A strong person would be considered strong. A weak person would be considered weak. But according to the Bible, that's not always true. That's not so. Let's look at the bigger picture here. So expand the scope of this verse, John from verse 7 to verse 10. 
So add a few verses before it to get a bigger picture of what's going on here. When you guys read a passage of Scripture, I encourage you guys, read around it. It gives you a better understanding of what's going on. And if you don't understand it in your weakness, go to somebody who might not be so weak in it and ask them questions. Say, hey, what the heck does being weak make you strong mean? I don't get that. So let's start here. Verse 7. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Who here has ever had that? Don't look at your neighbor. Okay. <laughs> you guys didn't think that was funny? <laughs> yeah, you guys, it's a little too, uh, too true for you maybe? Hopefully not. <laughs> A messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. That was the verse we read, right? And in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Boasting in weakness is seen as a source of strength in the eyes of God. Boasting in where you're weak is seen as strength to God. And why do you guys think that is? Why do you think boasting about where you're weak, where you fail, where you struggle, where you're, you're just not good. Why do you think that is something that's seen as strength in God's eyes? Well, I think it's this. In a nutshell, you could summarize my whole entire sermon with this one thing. When you boast in your weaknesses, you are strong because you are relying on God's power to see you through your weakness instead of your own power. Let me say that again. When you boast in your weaknesses, you are strong because you are relying on God's power to see you through your weakness and not your own power. What do you guys think the word boast means? Give me a definition. Brash? Anything else? Brag? Okay. Brash, I guess, too. <laughs> Boasting can be seen as a little brash. What else? What definition could you give? If you had to give it a definition for English class to describe what the word boast means, what would it be? Arrogance. Okay. Ranting about the things you're good at. I'll say Erica probably has the most accurate one. A statement expressing excessive pride in oneself. Now, don't be boasting about this, Erica, that you got the uh, thing right. <laughs> don't have a statement expressing excessive pride, right? So again, I'll read it. A statement expressing excessive pride in oneself. Another one is to praise oneself extravagantly in speech. Speak of oneself with excessive pride. Who here likes somebody who's like that? Anybody? No, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. 
Who here has ever met somebody like this? Raise your hand. I hope you're not looking at somebody in the room. <laughs> Nobody likes somebody who's full of themselves, right? Well, here's some news. God doesn't either. God doesn't like somebody who's boasting about their strengths, but someone who's boasting about their weaknesses, because when you're weak, you're what? Now, why? We'll get into that in a little bit. But it's important to know what the word boast means, because then you're making a statement expressing excessive pride in your weaknesses, in what you're not good at, which is, seems kind of contrary to the word boast in general, right? To use boast and weakness in a sentence is almost an oxymoron. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Everybody say oxymoron. I like that word. It's a funny word. <laughs> I always like to use it because I get away with using the word moron. Then. <laughs> I mean oxymoron. <laughs> Here's how you boast in your weaknesses. I got three points. Okay. First one, accept your weaknesses. And I'll go through all three of them right now. Two, boast about God's strength and the strength of others that you don't have. And then three, be humble about your own strength. Okay. Don't brag about your own strengths because we're supposed to do what? The opposite, right? So point number one is what? Accept your weaknesses. Accept what you're weak in. Who here has weaknesses? Raise your hand. Thank God all of you raised your hand. Or you might have a hard time with this sermon. <laughs> Weakness is the Greek word asthenia. Everybody say it with me. Asthenia. 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 That's actually what. Sorry. Asthenia. I'm not. I'm not a Greek scholar. Okay. Asthenia. You got to. You got to have that extra e in there. Okay. Austenia, it is the Greek word for weakness. Now this word basically means without strength or something that's, that doesn't have any strength. It's absence of strength. No strength at all. So you're supposed to brag in areas you have no strength in whatsoever. You guys think Peter had any strength to walk on water? when he stepped out of the boat, like I talked about two weeks ago. Like I said, he, he had to rely on Jesus in order to do it, right? In order to step out of the boat, take a step of courage and strength, he had to put his strength in something outside of himself. He had to put his strength in someone else. Who here has ever seen somebody walk on water before? Anyone? Nobody? Dang, I was hoping for a testimony. <laughs> No? You walked on water? Oh, okay. <laughs> Very funny. Guess she's not wrong, right? <laughs> but Peter had to rely on the strength of Jesus. He was asthenia in regards to walking on water. He had none. He had no strength to do it. He had to rely on someone else. Nobody is great at everything, even you. 
nobody is great at everything, right? Who here has met somebody who just seems to be good at everything? Anyone? Doesn't it just get under your skin? You're like, why is it I do something awesome and they just do even more awesome? I don't get it. Some of you might be thinking of your siblings, hopefully not. <laughs> but here's the thing. They're not good at everything. Guarantee it. They've got something that they're weak in, they're just not doing it. Because <laughs> they, they know they're not any good at it. Nobody's great at everything. We all have weaknesses. And I would even go so far as to say that your weaknesses you have are God-given. Have you guys thought about that? The weaknesses you have were given to you by God. And some of you guys may be going, how dare you say that? God gave me weakness? Well, hey, if weakness is something to boast in, then that's a good thing, right? Because God's power is made perfect through weakness, right? Your weaknesses are God-given. Why? So you don't rely on them, right? Erica? We wouldn't know what we're strong in. Yeah. I think that's a good perspective. You wouldn't know what you're strong in, as well as, I would argue, you wouldn't need anybody. Right? We'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> but nobody's great at everything. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not good at everything. And then look at your other neighbor and say, but you're good at some things. <laughs> we all have weaknesses. And they're... They're God-given weaknesses, as well as our strengths. God gives us strengths. All right, bring it back. Bring it back, everybody. Your strengths are God-given, too. Don't, don't think only your weaknesses are God-given. God gives you strengths and weaknesses. And your strengths and weaknesses are not just for you. Your weakness is to help you to lean on other people so you don't get conceited, which is what Paul was talking about. You don't get full of yourself and think you can do it all. I don't need anybody else. This is all my power, all my strength. No. Sometimes your weakness is there to humble you. To accept your weakness is to accept who God made. Let me say that again. To accept your weaknesses is to accept who God made. Which, let me say this too, is nothing to be ashamed of. Your weakness is nothing to be ashamed of. The world would tell you otherwise. The world would say, hide your weaknesses. Don't show them to people. Don't open up to people. Don't share your weaknesses with others. Whereas Paul is saying the complete opposite to a city that wanted to flaunt and brag and how awesome they were. That's who the city of Corinth was. They were this Greek city that was priding itself in being this city where a lot of different roads went through. So they had all sorts of information at their disposal. They got word of mouth real quick, which back then was really important, right? Nowadays, we just got the internet. It doesn't matter where you live. As long as you have an internet connection, you're in the know with everything. But back then... They wanted to know everything. 
And they liked people who knew everything and had the appearance of knowing everything. And that wasn't Paul. He bragged in his weaknesses. He boasted where he was weak, saying, listen, I, I was chosen by God to do this. I'm the lowest of all the apostles. <laughs> I don't know why he picked me, but he did. And I'm just going to give everything to him. Boasting in your weaknesses. Who you are is nothing to be ashamed of. Your strengths and weaknesses. Because they're God-given. Accepting your weakness doesn't mean talking down over yourself. Talking yourself down. Putting yourself down. It's not having a bad sense of self-esteem. I don't want you guys to think that. That's not boasting in weaknesses. It's having a sense of security in who God has made, which is you. God made you, and it wasn't something he was upset about. It wasn't something after he was all done with it, said, ah, dang it, I should have done this instead. <laughs> I should have given this strength. Oh, that weakness is going to be a problem. I don't know if I should do that one. <laughs> That wasn't what God was thinking. Are you ashamed of who you are? When you think of yourself, are you ashamed of your weaknesses? Are you ashamed of the strengths you have, maybe, even? I hope not. I would say that you're not boasting in your weaknesses, but you're boasting in your strengths if you're ashamed of yourself. Because when you're ashamed of yourself, you're looking at where you're lacking. You're saying, my strength is not good enough. You look at your strengths and you're saying, this isn't enough. Guess what? It's not enough for any of us. None of us need to depend on our strength. We need to depend on the strength of God, right? That's what Paul was doing. Humility and shame are not the same. Some of you may have seen me post this recently on Facebook, Instagram, if you're on there. Humility and shame are not the same. God made you uniquely different. Your strengths are to bless others in the same way others' strengths are for your blessing. They're to bless you. This brings me to my second point. Boast about God's strength and the strength of others. Strengths that you don't have. Now, who has weaknesses in this room? Raise your hand. Who has strengths? Raise your hand. All of you, right? Your strengths aren't for yourself. They're for building up each other. If you kept your strength to yourself, how strong would others be? Only as strong as their strength, right? So if our strengths are working together, then we're way stronger than without each other, right? Caitlin will probably allude to that next week a little bit. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. This is part of what we had read. I'm going to read this part again. Boasting in your strengths and the strengths of others, God wants us to rely on Him and others in the family of God when we come across a challenge in life. Don't go at it yourself. Who's ever tried to solve a problem alone? Anyone? Does it work as well as if you use others to help you? Usually not, right? <laughs> Most of the time, when you try a big problem alone, 
It doesn't go so well. And then you stop to ask for help after matters have gotten way worse, right? Or if you would have asked for help a little bit sooner, you probably would have been out of the mess a little bit sooner too, right? The 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, Each time he said, he being God, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may work through me. Our ability in and of ourselves is extremely limited. If you guys haven't discovered that yet, wait a little bit longer. <laughs> Your ability is very limited to accomplish things. To say to God, I can't do this, but I know you can, and then step out in the strength of God in his power, not your own, is what true courage looks like. True strength and courage is found not in yourself, but outside of yourself. It's found in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.25, and you don't have to put this one up, John. Don't worry about it. The second half of this verse, 125b, says, God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Look to your neighbor and say, you're weak. <laughs> you guys have been waiting to say that one, right? Now look at them and say, but he's strong. God's strong. God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Now guys, this should be comforting, right? Knowing that God's stronger than any of us on our best day. On his worst day, he's way better than you on your best day. Or anybody else. Who here has had an awesome day and you got done with the day and were like, man, can I just hit repeat on that one? That was nice. <laughs> God's still better than that. When you boast in your weaknesses, you are strong because you are relying on God's power. That's what I said at the beginning, right? Relying on God's power to see you through your weakness and not your own power. That power comes through accepting that we are weak. That's the first point. You have weaknesses. Just accept it. You can't change that fact. So you might as well embrace it. Right? And the Bible even tells us there's strength found in embracing it. That's where true godly strength comes from and courage. That is unexplainable according to the world. That power comes through accepting what we are weak in and relying on God to get us through it. And I would go to say this too, as well as the strengths of others that we don't have. Ephesians 3, same, same translation, John. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, 20. This one says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Let me read that again. You got it, John? <laughs> I didn't give him a lot of heads up on that one. Ephesians 3. Yep. This one's Ephesians. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking, a, taking a detour. <laughs> Still written by Paul, but to a different church. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He did. 
He was crucifying the church, which is why he said, I am above all to be ashamed, and I'm the lowest of all the apostles. He's like, they followed Jesus for three years. After Jesus was gone, they followed him. Still, I was murdering them. He was doing the total opposite. It was like, out of all the apostles, I'm the one that wasn't walking with him. Yet, he's the one that probably wrote the most, did the most, for the early church. Over half of the New Testament is written by Paul. Paul. Over half of it was written by Paul. He's the one that Jesus said, on this rock I'll build my church. Which, Catholics see him as the first pope. So, I'll get into that another time. <laughs> but Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20, says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power, at work within us. That's the key part. His power at work within us. He chooses to use his power through you, not without you, not around you. That's incredible. At work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Paul tells us that the power of God rests on us and in us when we boast in our weaknesses. It is because God's grace, that's what it is. God's grace working through you and in you. Who here wants a bit more of God's grace in their life? Anyone? Boast in your weaknesses. You didn't want to hear that one, did you? <laughs> but it's true. God uses his power inside of us, not our power, to accomplish the impossible. When you choose to say, I got no power. I can't do this. I am without strength, that Greek word, right? When you choose to say that and say, not my power, God, your power. Your power is the one that I need. I need your grace. I need your favor. I need you working through me, not myself. That's when we can accomplish the impossible. Because his weakness is stronger than, than our best day. Boasting in the strength of others also is a way that we can boast in our weaknesses. Those strengths that we don't have. Guys, it is very freeing when you're secure in yourself and you accept what you're not good at and what somebody else is better at. It is very freeing. It is something that you, you don't have to try to perform. You don't, you're not trying to show off and impress people anymore. You're just like, I know what God's gifted me in and I'll use it for the benefit of those around me. And I'll lean and rely on the strengths others have that I don't. Because God gave them those strengths for me, and for you, for other people. Boasting in the strength of others that we don't have is also a way to boast in our weaknesses. The position of a servant is what Jesus describes as the greatest position to put yourself in. But the position of a servant is the place of most weakness. That's why when Jesus came, he came 
not to be served, but to serve others. He positioned himself in the lowest position possible. And it was strength that was given to him by God. God strengthened him and used him to bring about our salvation. And it was because he positioned himself low and he was raised up. And when we choose to do that too, he raises us up with him. What's seen as honorable in the eyes of God is that position of a servant. And that's opposite of the world. The world says, you want to be honored, you want to be respected, you got to do something to deserve it. And that's not reality. That's not what God says. We're never to compare ourselves to others. When I shared that example of somebody who just seems to be good at everything, right? Do you guys ever compare yourself to that person? It's like, gosh, dang it. Why do they just have to be good at everything? Why is it everything I try so hard to do, they just show me up every single time. They don't even try. Well, here's the truth. They do try. (laughs) But guys, God doesn't want you comparing yourself to others. He doesn't do it. He doesn't compare you to other people. The only place we're supposed to compare ourselves to is found in Romans. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. That's the only place we're supposed to be competing in, is being more honorable. (laughs) How backwards is that? Be more honorable than the person next to you. And that's putting yourself in a servant position. That's the one that God honors. Back to 2 Corinthians, John. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 9. Now this one, it's NIV, but I mean you can do either one. It doesn't matter. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. This is what Paul was telling the church. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong, and our prayer is that you may be fully restored. Paul was never about himself. He wanted others strengthened more than he wanted himself strengthened. And when he had that dependency, God strengthened him constantly. We are glad to seem weak if it helps to show that you are actually strong. Your weaknesses, taking the light off of you and on others, is something we're supposed to boast in. Boasting in those weaknesses makes others look good. And if others are in the church, and we're all a part of the body of Christ, if they're all believers, then you guys are looking good too. (laughs) When the body of Christ looks good, whether it's you or not, it makes God look good. And that's what we should be concerned about, right? We pray that you will become mature or fully restored, is what the NIV says. He had his eyes on others. Do you see others' strengths that you don't have as something to be ashamed of in yourself or something to rejoice in for others? I hope it's rejoicing. Point number three, this is the last part. Be humble about your strengths. Look at your neighbor and say, you're good at something. Be humble. (laughs) Be humble about it, guys. I mean this. 
I got a proverb for you guys tonight. It's been a little while, right? Proverbs 27.2. You don't have to put this one up there, John. You can if you want. Proverbs 27.2 says, Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. Guys, if you're in sports and you score the winning shot, the winning goal, the winning point, whatever you want to say, how do you carry yourself? Are you humble about it? Or are you like, yeah, that's right. What you got? Did you see that? I'll do it again. And then you get showed up. (laughs) Don't praise yourself. Let others do it. Hopefully they will. And if you're a believer, it says we're supposed to exhort each other. We're supposed to build each other up, encourage one another, as long as it's called today. Which, is it called today, today? Last time I checked, it was today. Right? (laughs) Don't praise yourself. Let others do it. And if somebody doesn't praise you, God saw it. He's pleased with you. There's nothing to worry about. Let someone else praise you, not your own now. C.S. Lewis says, True humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. You guys like that quote? This is on the flip side. Because oftentimes people can see humility as just, oh yeah, I mean I tried my best, you know but I could do better. (laughs) That's not humility. That's thinking less of yourself, right? Let me say the quote again. True humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. What does that mean? It means you're thinking of other people more. You're thinking of somebody else more than yourself. Somebody praises you on the field. Somebody praises you for killing it on a test or something. Whatever it may be that you did awesome. How do you carry yourself? Do you walk away just going, man, I am good. <laughs> I'm awesome. Well, might be your downfall in the next thing. <laughs> or do you allow other people to praise you? Or are you praising other people with how well they did? I always love it when an athlete gets given the mic at the end of a game. They're the, the MVP of the game or something. And they're like, how did you do it? What's the secret? It's like, my team. We were all working together. It's not about me. <laughs> Unless you're Michael Jordan. Then it's about you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but really, those players are like, yeah, I mean... I try real hard. I just, I guess I just did awesome this time. People just don't like somebody who brags about themselves, right? But when somebody takes the eyes off themselves, puts it on the rest of the team and says, there's no way I could have made that shot if I didn't have the other players working with me and doing their job, thought I was able to do what I did. As well as saying, I, my coach, Give it all to my coach. He's awesome. My teacher, my parent, whatever it may be that was helping you. Getting your eyes off yourself. Don't praise yourself. 
Let someone else's mouth do it. Your strengths aren't for you. They're not for showing off. They're not for showing other people up. They're for building other people up. It's to strengthen others. You're not good at everything and you never will be. (laughs) Sorry to say it. You're not good at everything. Accept it. Accept where you're weak. Accept those spots that you're not even at par yet. Rely on the strength of God. Rely on the strength of others. It works out way better when you do. Because when you choose to rely on your own strength, you find how short you're going to come up. As well as it pushes other people out of your life. Because they see you as not even wanting them in it. Without Jesus, you can't really accomplish anything. To be completely honest, that's what Jesus said. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So really, the strengths that you have aren't even your strengths, they're his. That he's stewarded to you, given to you, to use, to bring about his name and his glory on the earth. To bring about his goodness. Without him, we're weak and incapable of accomplishing anything. last verse I have for you is James 4, verse 6. Now this is kind of a second proverb. James is quoting proverbs in this one. I love proverbs, if you didn't know that. (laughs) But James 4, verse 6, it says, And he gives grace generously. Look to your neighbor and say, God gives grace. He's generous with it, too. (laughs) As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's the New Living Translation. The NIV translates grace as favor in the second word. And I love that. If you guys want God's favor, as well as the favor of others on your life, it's found in humility. It's found in being humble. Humbling yourself, realizing you don't have all the answers, but God does. And his answer is sometimes found in other people helping you, not you doing it by yourself. Community is important. Showing humility in where you are strong brings favor and grace into your life like you would not imagine. When you choose to be humble with what you're awesome at, when you choose to be humble with what your strengths are, you see favor in your life and God's grace, like you wouldn't believe. I challenge you guys, test me on it. Choose to be humble where you are good. Choose to be humble where God has gifted you and graced you. And more grace is given to you. Let's pray. And then we'll get into groups here. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your answer. Help us to rely on your strength, which is also found by relying on the strengths others have that we don't, to humble ourselves and and lean on people in our life. Sometimes it's people we don't like. God, help us to 
boast in our weaknesses in those three different ways. Lord, help us to be accepting of our weaknesses. Rely on your strength and the strength of others and be humble with what you gifted us with. In Jesus' name, amen.